Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast for the 2023 NRL season. Uh, I'm your host, Daniel, and with me today we have Josh. Josh, mate, um, back for the 2023 season. You keen? Of course, mate. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, gone through the other seasons. I've done some NFL fantasy. I've done some BBL fantasy, but I'm back, ready to get stuck into the NRL, the best kind of fantasy. And uh, yeah, bring on 2023. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very keen for this season. I'm really interested to see how we go with the extra buy rounds every round. So, um, you know, each team having three buys and then being like, you know, sprinkled throughout the season will be very interesting for some players. And trying to pick the right players for your team is actually going to be pretty important. So you at least have a good starting 17 most weeks. But uh, uh, we'll go through all that in the preseason uh, leading up to round one. But first of all, let's start with um, something that I put up on the Instagram just yesterday at Footy Brains Pod, if you're not following. Um, put up some hot takes, mate. Um, I think got a bit of traction with them, which was pretty interesting. Some of them are pretty spicy. Others a bit lukewarm, not as hot as others. Um, but do you want to go through yours to start? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, we welcome. If you think we're, if you want to criticize us, if you want to agree with us, that's, uh, that's what they're up there for. Um, the one that I had, Blake Braley finishing as a top three hooker. He had a pretty good season last year. Um, quite big on this one. He's another year older another year in that system uh i think just with the spine that i've got at the sharks gonna be pretty similar you'd imagine so he's got that kind of continuality uh and then i think also i'm gonna have to do some deep dive into the stats here but the michael ennis factor coming on board for the sharks uh kind of historically he's had pretty good years when he's uh when he's come into a club like think of reed money or think of josh hodgson when he's at the raiders so uh, they're kind of the reasons why I think, yeah, Braley's in for a big year. Yeah, I think that's fair. He wasn't he wasn't far away last year either. He finished fourth overall as a hooker um, with Cook, Robson, and Grant ahead of him. Like, he wasn't too far off top three anyway, but I think it just towards the back end of the season, he kind of dropped off a bit. I think he wasn't playing 80 the whole season. I think he dropped in minutes for a little bit and kind of hit a bit of a rough patch in form, but... I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't kick on this year, especially with the Sharks and the team they have um, pretty strong for 2023 and definitely contenders again um, to make finals. Yeah, I agree. And I think his overall points will be top three, but he'll also have that top three average as well. So I think he's going to, I think some of the other guys, perhaps Cook, perhaps Robson with a drying up of tries, um, I think Braley's going to overtake them coming into this season. So yeah. Definitely a good take. I, I do like that. Yeah. Um, I might just have a quick chat about mine because I am absolutely red hot on Adam Dewey this year. I think he will be, he's going to be up there as long as he plays most games because he hasn't really had an uninterrupted season in a while. He's played in the last five seasons and I think he's only played 20 plus games in one of the last five. So he needs to kind of keep fit. My hot take, sorry for those who haven't seen the Instagram, was Adam Dewey will finish in the top 10 point scorers overall. Um, looking at his stats from the last two years, he's actually at 5'8", he's averaged above 60 for the last two years in a row. Uh, if you take away his games where he's played off the bench coming back from an injury and when he's been thrown in the centres where he hasn't really, he's performed, but he hasn't really had the same impact that he does at 5'8". So as long as he's got the 5'8 shirt, uh, well, the number six shirt this year, I think he'll actually he'll be up there in terms of overall point scorers and definitely finish within the top 10. So that's uh, my hot take for this year. 
Um, I just want to, I want to quiz you a bit further on that, if you don't mind. Yeah. Where do you rate him as far as your, you put him as a top 10 point scorer overall. Where do you put him as halves? Is he your third half after Ooh. Hines and Cleary? Is I, he still below yeah. like Munster or Burton? Yeah, so I, I would put him above Munster. Um, Munster is interesting because his points are obviously inflated because he had that stint at uh, fullback last year, back in the last year. Um, obviously, Hines and Cleary are your two top. They're clear above the rest. But I think he's in the mix where DCE is for me. Like, I would still take DCE over him just because DCE's got that consistency. You know, he doesn't get injured too often. But the thing is, he'll play Origin as well, whereas Dewey won't. So you're also going to get more games from Dewey throughout the season. Um, so I think he's up there in a top five debate. And I know probably people are going to listen into this and be like, what are you thinking? Why would you put him that high? But I think if he can get some consistency in the halves with the Tigers and because the Tigers actually have a, a decent forward pack this year, he's a bit more protected. So I think he could have a very good season. It's all there for him. I agree. Yeah, I, I like him. I've got him in my starting team at the moment, um, but I think it'll be... It's hard when you've got Cleary and, and, and Hines there, whether you, you take the risk on on Dewey, even though he could have a big season. So, yeah, one to play yeah. around with for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we'll talk about that um, in a later pod, you know, whether to have both Hines and Cleary or do you just go with one of them or even none of them because, I mean, it takes up 2 million of your 10 million cap having both of them and you've still got to pick another, what, 22 players or whatever it is um, somehow. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to discuss that at some point. Um. Actually, one of the other ones that I really liked from our hot takes post was actually Burmo's um, Burmo's take with Adam Elliott finishing as a top three middle by average. Uh, what are your thoughts on that for this season? Uh, I would say that's a pretty hot take. Um, <laughs> not one that I'm willing to, to get around as much as I love Burmo. I think there's just too many good middles. Um, like I can't see him averaging more than like Cotter, Carrigan, Murray, there's just like a lot of good middles. And uh, yeah. I think to be top three, you have to be really elite. Just don't know with Adam Elliott, what kind of minutes is he going to get in that pack? I guess it's a pretty depleted pack there at the Knights, but you still got the Saifides there. Um, so yeah, I'm less inclined to go along with Burmo there. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, they lost Clemmer and they lost Barnett. Um, they'll probably get Fitzgibbon coming into the back row. It, it, it depends, right? If he plays lock, I think I had a quick look at the stat, stats. If he plays lock and he gets about 60 minutes a game at the Raiders, he was averaging around 60. So a point a minute. Um, but when he's, you know, doesn't have the minutes and he's getting around the 40 to 50 minute mark, that's when his average drops a bit back. Um, but I think if he gets, you know, 55 to 60 minutes at lock at the night. So if he's named at lock at, in round one, I think I'm going for him for sure, just because his average, I think his price is 606K, um, which gives you about an average of 42. So as long as he's scoring above that, he's got some value in him. So if he's named at lock, I think he has a good chance of being up there as a middle. Um, but yeah, he's got to get the minutes. That's the thing. And I think you're right there. The, the night's pack, it's a bit light on this year. So he could actually be... Up for up for some big minutes, which which I'd love to see because he'll he'll present very good value in the mids um, from the start of the season. Yeah, I agree. I just yeah, I think there's just too many good middles. I just can't see him breaking way into a top three 
got other guys as well, like Tarpany, Haas, just like a really bulky position, but I could see him definitely, I could see myself definitely starting with him um, just because, yeah, he's pretty reasonably priced. And if he's getting those minutes, he should go up in a, a fair bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, righto, let's move on to what we came here to talk about. So we're having a look at the winger fullbacks and centers today, just doing a bit of a preview of how they'll look and where the value is um, across this season. So starting with our winger fullbacks, um, I want to get your take on where you think the best value is at the winger fullback position um, for the start of the season. Uh, yeah, usually when I'm looking to build my team and – I guess it's kind of dependent on what happens with people and names and things like that. But I'm kind of looking to go maybe one premium option like a Tedesco or someone like that and then fill in the rest of it with guys who are cheaper and should make you some, some decent coin and kind of like fill out the rest of the position. So um, I think Teddy is kind of like the the clear premium for me, I think, in the in the position if you wanted to – you know, spend up and go that way. And then uh, as far as value goes, I'm looking at uh, players like potentially Tafare from the Dolphins, Talau if he gets named, Tyrell Sloan. Uh, I think we've got some kind of recent mail over the last couple of days, which is nice about uh, Amaso Tabuifado starting at fullback potentially. So some of these guys that are, kind of hovering in the low, like mid to 200s to even as high as, yeah, like the the 400s that you can put in your team. They'll be consistent scorers at the start of the year, should have decent base and then make some cash. Yeah, I want to I want to pick your brain a bit about a couple of those. So um, obviously Tavare is a pretty, pretty sound one, right? Like if he starts at center for the Dolphins, I think he's an obvious pick based on how um, how well he went. Um, in his Queensland Cup last season. So he had, I think he played 12 games, had a bunch of tries. I think I think he was averaging a try a game or something close to, and almost six or seven tackle busts a game. So he's got plenty of um, attacking stats behind him. Um, it's more if you can break into this team and hold that kind of form. So I think, yeah, most people pick him if he's named at centre for round one, but there's blokes around him that could get named ahead of him. Like Aitken could be playing center instead of off the bench. You've got Tessie new hanging around the hammer as well, could fit into the centers at, at a pinch as well. So there's, Oh, and they got Oliver Gilded as well. So there's plenty of players there that could fill that center spot. Um, it's just whether he gets ahead of them. Um, but what are your thoughts on Sloan? Because he had, he was, he was started last season from round one, but Obviously, form wasn't quite there, and his scores definitely weren't there. Um, how do you think 2023 will be different for him? Um, well, I'm just, I guess, kind of betting on a bounce back for him. He's still pretty young. Uh, I think he's, well, like, 22, 23, so he hasn't played that much NRL, but, you know, he's got another preseason under his belt. The mail that I've been hearing is that Cody Ramsey's going to sit the start of the season, so he should get a decent uh, crack at, I guess, the first couple of games. The Dragons do have the bye the first round, which is, yep. I guess, a little bit annoying, uh, but we should get a pretty good idea of the Dragons team by looking at the Charity Shield. They usually name pretty close to a full squad for that, or full-strength squad. Um, and I think for me, he's 250K. It's pretty low risk. And he could have a pretty 
high reward and be kind of like the savior savage of of last year where he had a couple of big games and makes some good coin. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's going for him. This season he starts at 250k rather than like I can't remember what his price was last season, but he started at like four five hundred k last year. I I and that was based on one or two games that he played the season before. So um yeah, that's definitely going for him for round one this year. Um what about traps, your 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 wing of fullback traps for this year? Uh wing of fullback traps. Yeah, there's a few guys that I'm not that keen on. Um, uh, I guess one that I'm, who's like pretty popular owned and I'm a little bit hesitant of is Jake Avarillo. Um, one, there's a bit of mail that he might not even get that starting spot at fullback for, for the Bulldogs there. And I think even when he had some of his like he kind of dropped off when he was playing fullback towards the end of last season, which I'm a little yeah. bit hesitant about. And even across those kind of spread of games when he was playing, he is averaging around the 30, which I kind of want to aspire for something a bit better than 30. He made you a little bit of coin, but he's just kind of inconsistent. He doesn't have that, that base. Um, so that's one that I might be looking at someone a little bit different um, kind of against the, against the grain. Yeah, I think it's absolute insanity starting Jake Avarillo this season, especially if, if he's at centre. I already thought he was a bit of a trap, even if he did start at fullback, because he had, yes, he had some good games where he got, you know, strung a 40 or a 50 together with a try or two, but that was in between his scores of 10 and 15, you know, like really low teens type scores um, where he was struggling for form. And we don't even know where how the Bulldogs would go. Yes, they've improved their team with the additions of, you know, your Marnie and your kickouts and whatnot, but... I still, even if he started at fullback, um, I still didn't think there was a chance that he was going to, you know, improve. He's at 370k. If he was maybe under 300k, then you'd you'd take a punt on him. But yeah, he's way too expensive, I think, to to risk at that at that price. Actually, speaking of the the Bulldogs, um, I think there was news recently that Serraldo's gone with uh, Perham at fullback, and he's confirmed that he'll most likely get the nod uh, for round one. Based on we'll we'll see how preseason goes. First of all. Um, but Perham actually looks a, a surprising packet at um, fullback as well at only 298k. Uh, what are your thoughts on him for round one? Yeah, I guess I'll we have a look at the trials and see see how he's going, see what his work rate is. I think it'll be the thing I'm looking out for. But uh, yeah, I don't mind him. Similar kind of situation to Sloan, you, especially if he's getting that first crack over Avarillo. Seems like you know they're willing to invest in him and give him a few games. And, you know, traditionally your fullbacks are going to be getting that kind of 20 to 30 points in base, which is really good for the winning fullback. So um, I think he's one. I actually just changed my team around and put him in there. <laughs> um, so I'm quite keen on him, I guess, pending trials and yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right there. It depends how he goes through trials. Could, could have rough form, could get injured. I mean, everyone's a risk coming into trials. To yeah. be honest, um, injuries are gonna they're, they're gonna happen. So hopefully, none of these none of these cheapies that we're looking at go down. Um, one that we actually didn't talk about in terms of value as well this season uh, was the change for Lockie Miller moving from the Sharks to the Knights. Um, he's a bit more expensive, obviously, because of his couple of games at the Sharks where he did have a few big scores. Comes in at four hundred and twenty six thousand. Uh, which sits at around an average of 30, I think just under 30. 
Um, do you think he's actually got a bit of value in him or do you think he's probably adequately priced, you know, being at the at the Knights this season? I think he's, yeah, he could be a value, but I think he's probably one that I'm going to try and avoid uh, depending on what his kind of percentage owned is heading into the season because he's, he's like a show with the Sharks. He had a few really big games um, and he's, you know, a sevens player. He's got a lot of attacking stats in him and he could be, really dangerous if he starts clicking with, you know, some balls off KP's hip. And if we're predicting the Knights to have a little bit of a bounce back, but uh, yeah, he's a little bit risky as well. And he's kind of awkwardly priced at that 426K mark. So um, yeah, I think that's a, a later decision. <laughs> See how he's, yeah. how he's going in trials as well. And almost at a 426, you're almost looking at, do you downgrade and go to a cheapy, or do you go up to a, a premium who's a little bit, uh, a little bit more expensive? So he's kind of awkwardly priced. TBD. Yeah, I mean he's at that, that mid-range price, right? That you'd pick like, uh, that you'd struggle to pick someone at because you're not sure if they're actually going to improve or they're going to get worse. So yeah, he's he's obviously one to look at through preseason. Like, I don't even know what the halves are going to look like to be honest. Like KP most likely, but I don't know who else is going to be there with him so we'll see we'll see what pans out um at the knights this season because yeah they've obviously their team's got worse especially in the pack so we'll see if they can actually click this season um but moving on to a bit of uh bit of draft content i think for um for the first time this year so looking at the winger fullback position what would you say your top five picks would be at the winger fullback spot yeah, I'm glad we're talking about a bit of draft. Me and Daniel are big drafters, so if there's, uh, you know, some people that are interested in some more draft content, we're definitely happy to get around it. Um, as I was saying, I think Teddy's your clear standout for a number one pick, uh, probably in like a 10-12 person league, even like at the back end of that first round, I'd be considering Teddy. Um, and then I guess when I'm doing drafts, I'm looking at high upside, and um, the next one on the list, he might be gone for, for a couple of games, but Pappenhausen uh, for that number two spot is just, you know, once he's fit, once he's healthy, he's got the goal kicking. And, you know, if the Storm are firing, he's massive difference maker and can win you a week easily with, you know, at we saw last year with some big 80-plus type scores. Yep. Uh, with number three, I've got Latrell. He's... Yeah, showed last year that he's got a really, uh, even when he had tougher matchups, he was still able to really produce. And if the Bunnies, you know, I'm expecting the Bunnies to have a better season as well with, you know, their halves and stuff, having another year under them and Lestrol another year at fullback. So expecting him to have a pretty big year. The only caution with Lestrol, I'd say, is double check what your finals are in. Uh, your fantasy league because the Rabbitohs have a buy one of those late rounds. Maybe it's a 23 or 24 week buy. So if that's your grand final week, maybe you'll have to reconsider if you want Latrell in your team. Um, and then four, I've got Joey Manu. Incredible season last year, and I expect him to, to replicate that again. And then five at the moment, uh, kind of similar vein with what I was talking about with Pappy, but I've got Tommy Turbo. So um, we'll see if he can get healthy on the paddock. 
maybe that'll change come draft day whenever your league is. If he, if you know he's going to miss the first month or so, maybe he drops down a little bit for you. But that's similar thing if he's healthy for you and, you know, he's a real difference maker in your team and can easily win your week. So that's what I've got for my top five. I've got Teddy, Pappy, Latrell, Manu and, and Turbo. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that that top five actually. Um, there was there was one guy I had in my top five that you didn't. That was uh, Brian Toto as well, sneaking in there just because he had a very quiet season last year, and I'm expecting him to bounce back based on his his form um, from that 2021 season. So I could I could imagine that he would bounce back to you know being a you know average of mid 40s, close to 50 again because he did average what well, it's like nearly 60 I think in that in the 2021 season. So there's definitely the chance that he, you know, actually strings a few more tries together and he he jumps up there as a big winger fullback. And actually, speaking of of Turbo as well, um, if you if you're in a league that isn't very switched on, he's down at like pick number seventy in the automated draft list, and he's <laughs> definitely like a. I mean, the fact that he finished second overall behind Cleary um, only two years ago, obviously it's his his injury history that's um, hindering him a bit, but. He strings, you know, 20-plus games together, even 15-plus games together. He should be a top-10 pick, I'd imagine. Definitely, yeah. He's, yeah, the real difference maker, which is when I'm drafting, that's what you want. Someone who can win you a week on the back of a 80-plus or something like that. So, And especially if you're in a captain's league too. Yeah, absolutely. Easy C on him with a, against a weaker team. Yeah. Um. Last question: uh, Who do you think will finish first overall um, as at the winger fullback spot? I think Teddy. Um, it's kind of the proven gun. I imagine. I think the Roosters are going to have a better year as well. They, yeah, had a bit of like an up and down year. They were still obviously put away all the bad teams, but I can see them having a bit better of a year and, and clicking a bit better and yeah, really contending this year. So I think Teddy's the main beneficiary of that um so i think he gets it by a pretty decent margin i have him pretty comfortably as like a number one in the winger fullback yeah that's fair uh i think i'm going to say turbo but with a very very large asterisk next to his name (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really that healthy yeah. yeah if he can stay healthy um and, you know, he's been over in the U.S. doing stuff on his hammy, hasn't he? So, I don't know. Hopefully it hopefully does a trick for him. Yeah, and... I mean, it helped Latrell, so I don't see why it can't help um, Turbo and it can't help Pappy, to be fair. Yeah. See what happens. See what happens. Anyway, moving on to the center position. So, going straight back through the same kind of um, stuff we talked about for the winger fullbacks. So, starting with your best value at center. Uh. One thing I like with the centers at the moment, trying to get some of them that are that are dual, it's a bit of a tricky position this year because, you know, last season we had guys like Burton and Aiken who had that dual and yeah. they were almost like a set and forget in your centers. This year, you, I think you kind of really have to uh, think about your centers because there really isn't any of those classic edge center duels anymore, which sucks because they were yeah. the classics like the... Manu Ma'uz and the <laughs> whoever Jack, Bird. The, the just, yeah. Jack yeah. Bird. Yeah. Jack Bird is kind of the one of the few survivors, but yeah. I'm a little bit hesitant on him to start off the season just because of the dragons and I guess their injury class crisis, especially at five eight with 
um, what, Noah Moan, Noah Sullivan, I think, to start the season. So I could see Jack Burr potentially going into the halves, which I hope doesn't happen. But if he is in the second row, he averaged 44 there last season in his games. And even better if he moves to lock, he averaged 54 at lock in his games last year. So he'd be one I'm definitely looking into depending on his role. Um, I think someone else with the center position that I'm kind of more experimenting this year potentially with is having a premium in there. Someone like a Joey Manu or the person I've got in there at the moment who I'm quite keen on to start the year is Val Holmes. I think the Cowboys have a pretty good opening draw um, playing some of these teams such as the Dolphins and uh, I think they got the Warriors and Tigers, some of the teams that are probably going to be on the, the weaker end to start the year. And if the Cowboys go off to a really hot start, he's obviously got the goal kicking, which gives him a pretty high floor. Yeah. Plus, he had a really good World Cup and was pretty good last year as well, just with stepping out tries. So and see him having a pretty good start to the year and being a nice uh, nice start off for you in the position. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see. It'll be in- interesting to see what teams look like come this uh, come the start of the season around center because there's not really like it's it's obviously you want to start with a premium option, but there's so many cheap options available at that center when wing a fullback. Um, you know, dual position spot like your Tavares, like your Talao, like your Hammers that can kind of be very versatile. Like you can chuck them in your centers and then if you have an injury and you wing a fullbacks, kind of move them around. So it's very hard to decide whether you want to go with a premium option or you want to spend your money elsewhere in the centers because there's just so much value, I think, that you could pick up there. But it's not exactly much like it's it's very risky, right? It's not It's not safe at all to pick a pick a um, DPP, you know, cheap center. That's the thing. It's a hard position to pick yeah. this year. Very hard. Definitely. So depending on what it looks like closest to round one, probably something that I'm just going to kind of go with the grain, see what other people are doing, see who's the high percentage player in the position, um, yeah. and then and then rolling kind of like that, I think. Because, um, yeah, yeah, as you were yeah. saying, guys like the Hammer, pretty highly owned at the moment. So I think a lot of teams are going to be doing that, starting with two potentially cheaper centers and then spending their money in the halves with, you know, Hines and Cleary or someone like a Tedesco down back. Yeah, I think um, I think you're onto something there with Jack Bird. Um, if he if he gets named, well, the thing is you can't you can't wait because there's not going to be a team list for the Dol- uh, for the Dolphins for the Dragons <laughs> come round one. And you want to see if Bird is playing lock, right? Because they moved to Bellin to the front row last season, gave Jack Bird a bit of a stint at lock, and he actually performed really well. Um, but that's the only, I think that's the only scenario where you want to take Jack Bird round one is if he's playing lock and you won't actually know until round two. So it's a bit of a hard one with Jack Bird to start the season. Um, you can risk it and go in because he's going to be a set and forget option as long as he's playing, you know, second row or lock. Um, but he presents a lot more value if he starts at lock than in the second row. He's probably priced around, about right if he plays in the second row. Yeah, I agree with that. The second row, if he gets named there for the charity shield, I might have a bit more of a think about it, but a lock would be almost a shoo-in, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, righto, talking about your traps for, for centers, what have you got there? Uh, I forgot. 
we talked a little bit about uh, Avarillo, who is kind of one of the more popular owned in the centre as well. Um, trying to think. One that I'm not super keen on, and he's more of a wait and see for me, is Gatoni Staggs. He's decently high high owned in the in the centre position. Um, I just I know there's been kind of all this mail that uh, you know he was injured for parts of last season and things like that. He starts on at five twenty nine k, so I think for me he's one. You know he could be anything, but I I want to wait and see a little bit on him instead of taking that risk and going at him at five twenty nine k. He starts off with a few stinkers and really puts you behind the pack. Yeah, he's probably someone that I'm willing to fade. If he has a few good games, great, and I'll jump on him later. But I'd rather bank in someone safer, either yeah, going down to your, to your hammers or um, you know, someone else cheapy in the centers or going up to your Manus or your Val Holmes's. Yeah, I, I kind of agree there on Stags. I really wanted to start with Stags from the start of the season, but it's it's too risky if he does have a couple of bad games to start the season. If he has a couple of good games, that's easy, right? You don't start with him. You can pick him up round one or two. He's not going to actually increase in price by that much, even if he gets like a 40 or a 50. Obviously, if he gets an 80 or a 90, yeah, he's going to skyrocket. But if he strings like one or two games of, you know, in the 40s, the 50s together, he'll only increase by, you know, 20, 30K. It's not too big of a hit to take um, to then bring him in. So I think he's one, yeah, you can give a look to and just, just kind of keep an eye on for the first couple of rounds to see how he goes because... Obviously, there's better value around um, for that center spot. Yeah. Sure with that, yeah. Also, actually, one we haven't spoken about is, uh, what's his name? Alamotti. Paul Al- Alamotti at the at the Dogs. Uh, what do you think his chances are of um, stealing a starting spot for round one? Hopefully high. Um, I've got him on my bench at the moment. I guess he's taking the spot that um, Shop occupied. Shop. Shop. Uh, so... There's a vacancy there. From what I've heard, he's you know a pretty, pretty good contender to take that out. He's two thirty k, so um, if he starts there, I think he is someone you've almost got to have in your team. There's you know it's a little risk associated with it. Don't know much about him as far as juniors. Maybe we'll have to do a bit more research into um, you know his reserve rate on a twenties form, but. When it's someone like that, 230K starting center, there's not that many of them around, so I feel like you've got to have them just about. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens come round one for the Dogs, like looking at that team list, because now that um, Serato's gone with Perham at, at fullback, it means that Avarillo's most likely uh, moving Avarillo. to center. But then he's what? He's got, to, he's got to take on Braden Burns for the other center spot. I think it's Burns is the only other one there at the moment. So... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he gets the nod over Burns because of Burns' um, injury history. So, And he could also play on the wings. So there's a few different um, combinations there for the dogs um, at centre and, and on the wing. So we'll see what happens come round one. Yeah, for sure. One I'm keeping an eye on. Absolutely. And uh, moving to the draft picks. So your top five for centre, what does it look like? Yeah, I think... Um... Number one for me is pretty clear in Joey Manu, especially because he's got that that jewel as well. Um, he's, yeah, unreal last year. If he plays a couple of games at fullback, even better. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, really involved, high base, good attacking stats. And if the Roosters, yeah, do go up another gear potentially this year, really like him. Um, then at two, I've got Val. He's got that great opening draw, as I was talking about. He's got a pretty high floor with his goal kicking and, yeah, really like him as a pretty solid number two pick. Number three, I'm also, this is me kind of going out on a limb a little bit, but I think uh, Tago, Tago from uh, from the Panthers is going to have an, he's going to step up even further this year. I think with the Panthers' left edge losing Billy Kicks, I think that'll see Tago get a bit more ball. And, you know, he was kind of like the, the best decoy runner or one of the best decoy runners in that team. He kind of just was running decoys and they were feeding kick out so much or going out the back to um, to May there. So I can see him get a bit more ball and being more of a strike center for them this year. So I quite like him at number three position. Number four, I've got Campbell Graham. He's one of the great kind of base centers, makes tons of tackles and... Yeah, if the Bunnies go up another gear this year as well, he'll be a big beneficiary of that. And you can see him kind of replicating that good form from last year and maintaining his status up there in a top five. And then five, I have got to Tony Staggs coming out as a bit of a bounce back. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, uh, you know, in those first two rounds. He's a wait and see. But as I'm saying with my draft picks, I'm usually willing to take a risk, especially in a position like the centers and um yeah be interesting to see how that injury kind of affected him if he comes out with those big fans like he's kind of known for off the highlights reel um so yeah that rain that rounds out my top five so i've got manu val targo campbell graham and then katoni stacks yeah pretty pretty solid top five i'm Questioning Tago a bit, but knowing knowing that they've lost a few, well, they've lost Kikau on that edge, you know, he actually might get a bit of ball um, now, depending on who fills in, right? Like, it'll be, well, the early mail is it's going to be either Hosking or it's going to be Garner. So it'll be interesting to see what the Panthers look like round one on that edge. Sure, yeah. I think I had I had Bird in my top five, but obviously he's pretty versatile. So if he, I mean, if he plays second round lock, yeah, sure, he's he's a good he's a good center. Obviously, he's going to be making plenty of tackles and get plenty of base stats. But he can, yeah, he can be moved to five eight. He can be moved to center, which, yeah, it's a detriment to his um, detriment to his scores. So, um, bit of a risk there going for Bird, obviously. Yeah, I think we'll all just be kind of looking at that charity shield game, seeing where he's named. He could potentially, yeah, even sneaks into the top five if he's a second rower. So, um, yeah, I want to keep an eye on for. Yeah, I mean, if he's locked, he's probably up there with Joey Manu um, in the centres as the top. That would be the top two for sure at the centre position as long as he's playing lock. But, yeah, if he plays second row, he's still, a you know, a solid top five option, but nothing crazy. Okay, uh, righto, that's that's it for the winger fullback and centre preview. We're going to move on to some uh, fan questions now. So if you ever want to ask us a question for us to cover on the pod, go to our Instagram page, at Pod. We put out a story uh, the day before every podcast um, just to gather some questions that we'll cover. So 
starting off with the first one uh, from Jason, what are your thoughts on Daniel Safiti at the Knights? That is a big one now with Clemmer gone. Uh, what are you thinking, Josh? Yeah, he hasn't. He's not someone I've got penciled in at the moment, but yeah, one I'll be looking out for. I think for me personally, there's another couple of guys in the position that I like a little bit more than than DSAF. Um think, you know, guys like potentially Tommy Gilbert um, and then there's people like Jermaine Hopgood or Luke Garner that are a little bit cheaper as well is kind of more the direction that I'm leaning at the moment. Uh, Josh Schuster as well, who's not, I guess they're not mids, but mids edges that I'm kind of looking at. Um, so, yeah, he could have a bounce back. Hopefully he becomes, with no Clemmer now, the kind of alpha of this Knights pack and, you know, he gets a few more minutes. And, you know, he had a – last season was almost a bit of a write-off with him for injuries and things like that. But the year before, he had a really good year. So yeah. um, he's got that preseason under his belt. I don't mind it as a pick, but um, not the way I'm going at the moment. Yeah, I think he's he's obviously at that mid-range price, but I think there's some good value there in Safiti With Clamour gone now, his minutes will most likely rise. Um, he's obviously at that, like, 30 – eight to 40 mark, I think in, in terms of his average. So as long as he get he's getting, you know, 50 plus minutes in the front row, um, his scores should actually improve. I, I, I think, cause when you look at his 20, 2021 season and even his 2020 season, right? Like he actually was getting bigger minutes and with those bigger minutes, he was getting a lot bigger scores. So, um, yeah, it'll all come down to how many minutes he actually gets in the middle. Um, yeah, if he if he sees anything over fifty minutes, I think he's a a must must have um in terms of value because he'll he'll rock up to you know close to a a fifty you know that forty eight fifty mark in terms of scores. So yeah, definitely I think Safidi's an option. But yeah, like I said, there's plenty of options there in the mids. We were talking earlier about you know having an Adam Elliott or a, and you just said then a Gilbert. You know, there's there's a few different mid range mid options that you can go for and all have their own like value points to them. So it's just whichever one you think is less risky. Yeah. And to be fair, so his minutes last year were pretty similar to what they were the year before. It was, I think more of his PPM dropping. Um, so sorry, points per minute. So if he, yeah, comes out is healthy. Um, there was almost, there's almost like a 10 point gap between his 2021 and 2022 stats. So yeah, he's definitely a candidate. For a, for a bounce back and yeah if he kind of he's getting this he's getting the starting role uh, I know he got a few few tries as well in the, the 2021 season so if he can kind of like yeah boost that up and yeah he's definitely a, a bounce back candidate yeah absolutely um, what are your thoughts on Isaac Thompson um, at the Rabbitohs do you reckon he'll get the center spot yeah, he's kind of one of them I'm looking out for in uh, similar vein. Yeah, I'll be keeping a pretty close eye on him, seeing if he gets named for round one. If he does, good chance that I start with him. You know, the Rabbitohs, I usually like to have, especially for your backs, players that are on, you know, high-scoring teams such as the Rabbitohs. You can see him getting a decent amount of ball, see him potentially you know, crossing the line a few times. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind him. And, you know, potentially he might be just as good of a bet as a 
as a Hamaser or or one of these other guys in the position if he's starting for the for the Rabbits. Yeah, it's just if he gets that starting spot, right? Like he he got that's uh, yeah. Yeah, he had two games on the wing last season. Um, I think if he's playing on the wing again, he's probably not a buy. But if he is in the centers, yeah, I think he's a, a pretty safe start. Yeah, I like it. Awesome. What are your thoughts on Jaden Braley? That's a that's an interesting one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do actually kind of like him this year. It's just hard because there's so many good options in the in the hooker spot. So if you aren't going Jaden Braley, sorry, if you are going Jaden Braley, you're missing out on a, um, on a Grant probably, or a Robson or a Blake Braley, who I like a little bit more, but I think for kind of draft purposes and, uh, you know, if you wanted to go a little bit pottish to start the year, I don't mind him. He obviously had that really good 2021 season. And even his games coming back last year were pretty good. So, yeah, um, yeah, he's a little bit risky because he's going to be he's going to be low ownership, I imagine, going into round one. But um, like the player, I think he'll have a pretty solid year. Yeah, I think he's he's probably priced about right. I think like he'll he'll obviously he's had he had that season right where he was a cheapie and he was coming in um, with tons of tackles plenty of base stats and he was a pretty safe option at hooker. But um, then he had his injury even last season. He wasn't getting 80 minutes every week. Kind of, he was, you know, some weeks he was getting 80 other weeks. He was only getting 60, 70 minutes. Um, and I think Kurt Mann even played a little bit at hooker as well. Um, and uh, what's his name? The other, the other half off the bench there that I can't remember the blonde head, uh, blonde haired long. He had long blonde hair. Sorry. Um, can't remember his name. Um, was Crossland. Into- Crossland. Yeah. Phoenix Crossland. That's it. Um, was filling in for him a bit. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually plays 80. Um, he, he definitely is a candidate to make a bit of bit of cash, but I just don't see how he's as valuable as having someone, um, well, someone else like Brandon Smith, right? Like it's Smith, so, much, yeah. so much cheaper and probably going to be scoring similarly to Braley anyway. So yeah, I, I think if you're going to go with Braley, you've got, you're kind of pinning a lot of cash, um, to him to have a good season, especially at just under 700k. It's quite a lot. Yeah, I agree. Probably not the way that I'm going to go heading into round one, but he could be, yeah, just kind of like I said, forget if you want to kind of go that way and do something a little bit against the grain. Yeah. He'll be making plenty of tackles at the Knights, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, next question from Jed. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sullivan and Sloan? Will they be starting? Um, yeah, I thought I heard that Sullivan was injured or something. Um, so you might be more informed. Yeah. Sullivan's the tipped, he's tipped to start at five, eight with Sloan starting at fullback while Ramsey's recovering from bowel surgery. I think he had to have over the off season. Um, Sullivan's interesting because I think him at five, eight, I think he'll be similar to, to, um, how Amone went last year. Like he's not going to start very quickly. It's going to be, you know, a bit of a slow, slow start for the dragons in general, I think, considering how, um, well, looking at their, you know, plays that they lost and the plays that they brought in, it doesn't look like they're going to have a very good season at all, to be honest. Um, but I just don't see how Sullivan's going to get big points from five, eight. If he was coming in at hooker, like if he started and little was off the bench or something like that, I could see how he played a bit, he would get a bit better scores, but 
Um, yeah, I'm not as hot on Sullivan this year. I think Sloan will start at fullback for the start of the season, but Ramsey will come in soon after and take that spot from him unless Sloan has just an absolute blinder of the first, you know, four or five rounds. I think he'll probably lose that spot soon after. But he does have cash, Sorry. Deck, I think. Yeah. Just with um, just with Sullivan, I was just researching. He did a hammy. Um, oh, did he recently? So yeah, they're saying it was a four to six week hammy. So it might there's potential to be right for the start of the season, but that probably owes me off him if it's a hammy one, and then he hasn't got that preseason under his belt as well. Yeah. Um, and going to be on a Dragons team that has a buy at round one, so you don't even know if he's going to start. Plus. Yeah. We imagine the dragons are going to be <laughs> pretty average, um, so there's might not be that opportunity for kind of like uh, yeah attacking stats and stuff like that for him as well. So I probably avoid Sullivan, but yeah, keeping an eye on Amone if he gets that that role. You mean Sloan? <laughs> Sorry, Sloan. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amone. Yeah, I think he's a <laughs> Amone's <laughs> done right. Yeah, yeah he's he's uh, he's full on done. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, Righto. Uh, next question is Mitch Barnett and Reese Walsh must-haves. Um, I don't think so. Definitely not must-haves, but they could be considerations. Uh, I think they're good pods, right? They're they're good different like po- point of different options that point of difference options that you know not a lot of people will have. Walsh I think is a lot more owned than Barnett, but Barnett does have the potential at the Warriors to be playing eighty. And you know, racking up a lot of good base stats and big scores, I think. Yeah, I agree. And when he's, you know, if you look at, you know, our fantasy stats, Barnett historically, when he's got those minutes, he's put in pretty good scores. Um, but yeah, for me, when I'm kind of looking at my round one, I think I kind of fall into this trap every preseason. I I say it to myself, and I'll probably change my mind and go one of these these options. But I want to try and stay more with the grain this season. Start off um, with some of these players who are safer and, you know, you're going to get the minutes who are highly owned. So don't kind of fall behind the back, the pack. And then you can kind of start introducing pods into your team. Once you've got a bit more information, you look how they're playing. Because you start with potentially a Reese Walsh who's, you know, joining a new team, might take him a little while to, to click into gear. He's lost the goal kicking. Um, so, you know, there's risks. He could come out and be the same old Reese Walsh. Um, but I think to start the season, I'm kind of trying to play a little bit more conservative and then we'll see how he, how he looks and, um, make moves as we go. Yeah. That's actually something I didn't really consider for Reese Walsh. The fact that he was losing the goal kicking duties, um, now that he's with Adam Reynolds. So yeah, I mean, he loses, you know, anywhere from two to six points a game really, which is, you know, when he's only scoring in the mid thirties or his average is only in the mid thirties, that's quite, quite a large chunk. He's going to have to pick those up in attacking stats somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, would you recommend Corey Harawira Naira as a buy? Um, Oh, he's an interesting one for sure. I think it really depends on the role thought. Um, Maybe it's just me scrolling through Instagram or whatever, but I thought I saw something that he might be playing lock to start the year. Um, 
Yeah, should be getting that's the only scenario where you pick him, right? Is if he's starting lock. Yeah, if he's starting lock. Um, I don't mind him as a starting edge, but I doubt he kind of pipes off. Pipes off, is that a word? Um, <laughs> gets rid of Hudson Young or uh, I love Elliot Whitehead at the club for some reason. So, um, yeah, I can't see him unless he's in that starting 13, kind of really looking into him. Yeah, I think, well, now that Adam Elliott's gone, it's, I think there's a junior there, Trey Mooney, who might get the get the role, and there's CHN. So if Harawir and Ira does get that starting lock spot, he he looks like a good option. Obviously, he's he's kind of priced in at around the 35 to 40 mark, so he he does need to play at least 40 to 50 minutes to pick up those kind of scores. So it's going to be interesting to see um, whether he, you know, he will be a good starting option from round one in your team because I think he's more of a look and see um, how he plays in this if this Raiders team. If Trey Mooney's, yeah, there, I Trey Mooney's a definite buy, but Harawira Naira, even if he is in that number 13, he might not get the minutes. Yeah, and I even think um, Big Red, Corey Horsburgh, he could potentially get that 13 road. So um, I guess, yeah, question marks. But yeah, there's whoever kind of fills that Adam Elliott role of last year, we saw him have a bit of a run there kind of towards the mid point of the season if yeah someone in a similar kind of role um getting that ppm definitely worth considering yeah that's chn whether that's whoever yeah definitely keep an eye there there's three plays in the running and all of them have some value to make um but yeah we'll wait till round one for that one um got plenty of questions here from jacinta but i'll i'll go through a couple <laughs> uh, quick fire ones with you loyal um, fan yeah, very loyal. Um, is Schuster a trap? Uh, I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, I, I have him in there as one of my edges at the moment. If he gets that starting 5-8 role for Manly, he had that, I guess it was the 21 season where he was really good when he was playing there. Um, obviously kind of feeding off a bit of Tommy Turbo and, and things like that, though I had a pretty good clicking team at that point but yeah i don't mind him he's big body his base is pretty good for for a half um but yeah you can kind of stick him into edge as well or have him on your interchange um for i think that's going to be kind of a key thing i guess throughout the season is having a couple of these jewels like schuster who can cover a few positions for you for these um buys that are going to be around every week um, so even for that kind of purpose alone, I really like him as just kind of having some flexibility in your team as well. Yeah. I'm a bit, I'm a bit hesitant on him, but at his price, oh, also, can we talk about the fact that it's absolutely criminal that he's been priced in at under 500 K after he averaged below 20 last season? <laughs> what is 18, going on? Yeah. What is happening there? Like he Good should shot. be down closer to 300 K. I just, I, I don't get what they're thinking. Um, but yeah, I think he's a bit awkwardly priced to start the season. That's the thing. Cause he, that his scores where he was doing well were where, when he was playing off an edge, um, compared to the halves. So he got a few more tackles. Oh, there true. Yeah. The halves. I think base stats wise at five, eight, he'll be, I, I think he'll play similar to foreign where he will hopefully be running the ball a bit more. Um, but how well he gets involved and how much work he actually does is yet to be seen. Um, 
I think he's a wait and see. I think you can give him, he's another player you can give one or two rounds to see how he goes. And then you can jump on him after that because you're not going to lose too much from having a look. But if you buy him from the start and he does underperform, then that's going to be much more of a hit than if you just let him ride for the first round or two. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not kind of locked into him, I guess. But um, yeah, well, I think it'll kind of depend too on how many of these other guys like Luke Garner, if he's playing. Yeah. Uh, or if his name kind of starting edge as well. So, yeah. I think you're it's right. There, around that kind of price. Yeah. I mean, what happens if, if Garner doesn't start, if Hosking doesn't start, if Hopgood doesn't start, like there's not really many cheap <laughs> edge options or mid range edge options options around at that point. And then Schuster becomes, you know, a, a good scene really. Um, it, yeah, it depends what happens around one, but I mean, that's all we're doing, right? We're trying to predict what's going to happen for TLT. So um, yeah, it's always going to be a wait and see. Uh, yeah, look at me. Sorry, sorry move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. you're good. Yeah, I was just I trying was gonna to... say, look at his stats. He's got one game at, at halfback, 68 points, and then he's averaging, you know, mid-30s uh, when he's playing in 5-8 as well. So, yeah, a little bit of a risk. He doesn't have a big sample size there if he's named in the halves. Yeah. Um, and we are basing it off that kind of big season he had in the 2RF. But, um, yeah, one to look out for, I guess. Yeah. Uh, final question. Um, which positions are you looking at to invest in more than others? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, I will probably, yeah, there's probably three, I guess. Um, so your halves, you're going to be your classic. I think you have to be starting with either a Pines or Cleary. Yep. Um, potentially both, which they're going to make up a decent amount of your bank. Uh, and then I think your, your mids and hookers as well are going to be the other two that you're really looking into. So um, I think you're, you're better off, yes, putting your money towards some of these kind of premium options in, in your mids where you got your, your Cam Murrays or your I've got Ruben Cotter in. Brandon Smith, even well, he's like a little bit cheaper, but some of your premium options in the the hooker and mids as well are going to be, I think, your difference makers versus, um, yeah, I guess they're kind of where you want to be spending it, and then you can afford to go a little bit cheaper. I think in places like your winger, fullbacks, and your centers, depending on how how team list shapes up and um, where the cheapies are. Yeah, it'll all come down to team lists. But yeah, I think it proved last year that mids, um, with these rule changes, you know, um, the tackle busts get less points now and the offloads get a lot more points. So your mids and edges actually even um, have a bit more value to them, but obviously your halves and your hookers. And because there's not many premium hookers, um, yeah, you've really got to invest in in your hooker spot um, to get points from it. So I think, yeah, you're, you're on the money there with your mids, hookers and halves being your premium positions to spend in. And kind of conversely with that as well, they seem to be the positions that are lacking um, cheapies as well. So, um, yeah, that's the other reason kind of why you might be better up spending up. Um, and then hopefully come, come team list, we can stack our benches with one or two uh, cheap mids and, and uh, you know, halves, hookers, whatever, that can that make us some money. Yeah, absolutely. 
Righto, that wraps us up for our first pot of the year, Josh. Um, looking forward to next week, we'll cover the uh, hooker and half position um, and do a little preview on that. Don't forget to follow us at Footy Brains Pod. Ask us as many questions as you like. We'll try to get through as many as we can on the podcast next week. But until then, um, yeah, have a good one, Josh. We'll catch up soon. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, catch you next week.